Hey, Jean. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So tell me a little bit about your generation of folks. Like, I feel like there's a lot of entitlement happening. What do you think about that? I think that entitlement is interesting because I think it comes from like a misunderstanding of what certain systems do where people are sort of quick to to judge institutions for not doing the right thing or like different groups. Like a lot of people blame the government for lots of stuff. And I think a lot of that comes from not really understanding that we also have, you know, really smart people trying to figure out issues and that it's someone's job to, you know, do all the jobs that you see people doing. And when me or you or someone has an opinion about the job that someone else is doing, they don't fully appreciate the, like the, the, the circumstances or the full situation that they're in. So a lot of times compromises get made in, in like unexpected ways. And I think that's where a lot of the sort of like disconnect happens where you want one thing and a different thing happens and then you blame the group that is responsible. But a lot of stuff is sort of decided by committee to compromise, to fit into like a framework that already exists. And I think it's like a big disconnect when people get disappointed or feel entitled because it's a, it's a mismatch of expectations and what like service is supposed to be provided if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, because generally, at least I've, I've kind of noticed um, that generally it's other people's jobs seem easy sure. until you actually get into it. Even like, you know, actors and things like that and singers, you feel like, oh, this, you know, they make so much money. It's so easy to do and da, da, da. Then when you start actually looking into it, there's so much more to it. There's so much more of effort and skill that goes into that. So like, and so I, you know, grew up and I stopped judging um, by what a job appears to be, how easy it appears to be. Right. And I start like, as soon as I find myself thinking like, Oh, this is such a great job. It's so easy and stuff. I stop myself and I kind of start thinking and noticing what little steps, mini steps go into every single job, for example, like attorneys, for example, you know, like law and order seems like looks great. I love watching it and stuff. But if you think about how much reading, writing, research, and um, strategy goes into building a case, for example, in court, or building a defense to a case, it's insane. It's crazy. It's a, it's huge amounts of hours, huge amounts of stress and everything else. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm happy for people to have different jobs. And a lot of times where I'm frustrated by something and I think that I have like a better solution and the, the few times that I got to talk to people with some sort of influence and I would, you know, run my hot take by them. They, they've already, you know, thought about it. Basically, I'm learning that just because you have an opinion doesn't mean that no one else has thought of it. 
and like not everyone makes the right decision but there also is no right Every, everything is sort of compromise and it I, I i really find it interesting that people you know seek out easy money or they want things in exchange for sort of nothing like they're looking not for handouts but for some sort of easier way to progress in life or get what they want Mm -hmm. and a lot of times i feel like people don't like really know what they want and they're at least me i feel very opportunistic where i i can only make choices with the ones with like the options that are presented and then i make the best choice and then someone can look at that and they don't know what options i had what the situation was but they can judge it's fine like (laughs) It's sort of natural to put, or I guess try to put yourself in someone else's shoes, but you do have very limited information about a situation and complex things like companies or governments. There's you know hundreds, thousands of people who are, if not decision makers, they're at least, they have some sort of influence, but then their influence is extended to you know, millions of people or hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands and I, it it's like a it's it's such a complicated dynamic, and it's easy to get frustrated or not understand, you know, why certain trade offs are made. But you know, it it's a it's a tough job, and someone does need to make a decision and sort of stand by it. And I think that a lot of times resolving to a decision is better than just stalling. I agree. People should make decisions, and that's the frustration I have with some of the people that we both know is that they don't make a decision fast enough, kind of at least in my eyes. <laughs> but um, I feel like, at least, I mean, the reason I thought of this topic for us to talk about was because I feel like a lot of people kind of wait for somebody else to solve their problem, whether it's the government or their spouse or their boyfriend or their girlfriend, whatever, somebody else to take the responsibility for their own life. And oftentimes that results in um, thinking small, but also really the sense of entitlement, like this victim mentality. Um, At least I think that it's not the right approach in life because it's not somebody else's business to make you happier to build your life or to do something for you to make you successful. It's the responsibility lays with lies with, um, with you as a person. Yeah. It, it almost feels like a boundaries issue where there are a lot of people trying to sell you stuff. So you go to a doctor or a provider or some sort of service and they will try to sell you on a product or an idea or lifestyle and that's fine they are promoting that look i have this idea i think that you should try it so they are selling you this hey i'm gonna help you and i'll take care of everything and i'm gonna make you happy you watch like a sneakers commercial and it's trying to say that hey you buy one more pair of shoes you will be happy and that's fine (laughs) but you as the consumer you know, accept this message or not, 
but when you start expecting uh like more and more so like if you buy the pair of sneakers and they don't make you happy and you go back and you start complaining and you're like look you said you'd make me happy i'm not that's i like i think you the the, the person that was selling needs to manage that relationship better and sort of set expectations and a lot of times it's like marketing and advertising speak where they're trying to sell you a product but they don't want like anything else it's just someone's job to sell you something and the mismatch of expectations it is interesting because it's like an error in judgment of what service is actually being provided yeah and I mean, we all know about salespeople kind of promising and not, you know, delivering or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that that is sort of their job, but you go through life. And I think that at some point you kind of learn or, or you're just going to be really frustrated. I mean, if I expected anything out of anyone, there's always going to be like a mismatch expectations and you know services provided but that's that's like also okay if someone's promising to do something for you look go on my diet buy my book and you know this will happen i think it's okay to hold people accountable and sort of avoid false advertising but uh, i don't know i feel like the burden is still on the person to make the choices and like if someone promises you something, just kind of you know be skeptical. Don't don't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, listen. Here's my question to you: Do you think parents um, are obligated to do stuff for their kids? I think society provides a like a framework or a structure for what's acceptable or not. So, and that changes over time. And that also changes with sort of region or the culture. So what's acceptable in one culture isn't acceptable in another. And you sort of have to make the best choices for yourself. And like you should, you should act on the information that you have. And when you don't understand something or you get frustrated with an outcome or a behavior sort of know that there's more information that you are missing. Well, here's the thing. I think that parents don't owe anything to their kids and kids don't owe anything to their parents. Okay. And, you know, when you become a teenager you think that you know your parents owe you a new phone i don't know it used it was different and you know when i was growing up it was the new jeans and you know Mm -hmm. whatever pager and stuff like that but um the reality is that nobody owes you anything your parents do things for you because they want to not because they have to i mean some parents maybe do things because they have to and and stuff but most parents do things for their kids because they really love them and they want them to succeed and be healthy and be happy and that kind of stuff. But if we approach life with the 
idea that someone owes us something, whether it's parents to start, whether it's our friends, you know, they're, they owe us to go, I don't know, to a bowl game for our, that of the team that we love or whatever. I don't know. Or someone owes us food or someone owes us a car or a better place to live or a job, we will fail. We will be unhappy. We will feel, feel like victims. We will feel like, um, that it's everyone's fault, everyone around us or whatever, or someone's fault or a specific organization. And I don't think that that's the right approach in life in general, because what it does to you, it kind of relieves you of the responsibility to take charge of your own life. You think that someone else should do it for you, the government, the parents, the friends, the uh, co-workers, your boss, whatever. But the reality is that everyone's responsible for themselves. And that's really the minimum that you should be doing. Take charge of your own life. Take charge of your own happiness. Take charge of your own health. That's up to you. Um, And certainly I feel like, um, you know, that's, that's kind of, um, um, the problem with a lot of the unrest uh, in the country and around the world. Right. Like it is, it's like a, it's a difference between expectations and like reality, but I think it is interesting that people, they want to, they want to know stuff. They want to have influence. They want to feel in control. But on the other hand, they want someone to solve their problems and for things to be easy. And like, in my opinion, I, like, I don't, I don't think I know a lot of things. I don't remember a lot of stuff, but I also know that I'm not an expert in you know, basically anything, but I do have to make decisions. And like, I make decisions as best as I can. Like I can consult experts. I can, you know, do my own reading, research, whatever. But at the end of the day, I am making a decision. And if someone says, hey, buy this backpack, it's going to do something, I do expect it to do something. And if there is an expectation being presented, like, you know, money in exchange for goods or services, I think it's okay to hold someone accountable. And if they promise to do something, that they should do it. But there should also be a, like, plan B, where... Okay, what happens if this isn't delivered? What happens if the the thing that was promised was just not not correct or not delivered or you know whatever whatever goes wrong? What happens when th- something goes wrong? And I think a lot of people are hesitant to think about contingency plans and they want to stay positive and optimistic. And I don't do that. I always think about like I bought a train ticket and what happens if the train's broken or is out and there's always for me a like a background thread of okay what happens if this doesn't work out even though like i i want it to someone's telling me that look you buy a train ticket the train will work but it's not out of the realm of possibility that that just doesn't happen and i think the individual does need to be prepared for contingency plans and yeah, you know, just things to go in unexpected ways. Um, I, what I was talking about was more, 
actual responsibility for your life. We're not talking about, um, you know, I wasn't talking about kind of like, you know, when you have a contract with someone, when you bought something, that something can go wrong. I was talking more about, it's my responsibility to work, to put food on the table. It's my, it's nobody else's. If um, something happens and the food prices go up, which has been happening in the past few months, um, it's my responsibility to find ways to make more, to be able to provide basic stuff to, you know, to myself and my kids. Mm -hmm. If I want a car, it's not the government's duty to do that. If I want an education, it's not the government's duty. It's mine. I want an education because I want to make more and work less. I have to make those choices. Yeah, but it's also okay to like rely on others for stuff. Like you don't want to grow your own food necessarily, so you do That's rely true. on someone to, you know, stock the grocery store. And okay, what happens when that something you know breaks in the supply chain and now there's no food? It is still your responsibility to, you know, provide food for your family. But like that grocery store doesn't owe you anything. That's right. But it sort of does. But since it we're in this not. market economy, you can make different choices. Exactly. And here's the thing. If this grocery store closes, I'm going to make a different choice. We're going to order delivery from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if that place closes, then I have a choice. But I never expect the government to bring the food to me. You know, like I never expect the government to give me free education. So, you know, I grew up in a socialist country and education was quote unquote free. And basically what that meant was, um, if you get in, if you, um, get into, get into college, uh, for free, there were paid options too. Um, if you get in for free, you actually, after you graduate, you're obligated to work for two or three years. I can't remember how, how many years it is for a government organization within your profession. And if you don't, you have to basically return the money, mm-hmm. um, you know, pay for the school. Um, and, you know, they usually send you to middle of nowhere. So you don't get a job. Let's say you live in the capital of the country. You don't necessarily get a job in the capital. You can get a job in like the most remote location, middle of nowhere with an outhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that's where there's a need for, let's say, the next prosecutor or the next lawyer or whatever. You know, I happened to to study law back then. So all of it comes at a cost. And the problem is that I feel like the younger generation thinks that that's not the case, that there was some some things have to be free, but there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? Some, someone ends up paying for it. And it's definitely not the government's duty to provide us with free education. We pay for it one way or the other, whether it's with money or with time. Um, plus, I think that when you pay for education specifically, you value it more. Well, hopefully, you value it more. <laughs> but, like, you are able to make, like you were saying, there was a free option where you could trade a couple of years of service after you graduate, or you could, you know, not go to college. You can join the army, you could start a business. There's lots of options. And I think a lot of people, sort of me included, where I went to college, I took out a bunch of loans. And like I didn't think too hard about it. And it ended up being fine. But 
like it, it was still this expectation that I had, or same thing with you, like, oh, this is socialized education. I expect this to be free. And then there was a catch, like you, there is a contract that, well, it's not really free. This is the terms of the agreement. And I think a lot of people you know, sign up for the thing that they want. And then they're mad when they need to like complete their part of the the contract. And yeah, like, like sometimes you don't get a choice. Sometimes you're living in a place where you have limited options and you just need to make the most of it. But that's also okay. I don't think anyone's like asking you for your opinion on policy that's about to be like implemented. Like, you know, if you want to have a say, you can vote, you could, you know, organize, you could run for office, you could work in the government, but uh, what you're doing is having an opinion, which as a citizen, obviously you can have <laughs> as many opinions as you want. <laughs> yeah. And that's also fine. And if you are against a certain policy or legislation or idea, obviously, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. But that's all it is. Like, you can have it and people can agree or disagree, but the decision making happens at a much different level, probably at multiple levels. And like, free education isn't just like one thing, it's a it's like a phrase or a term for a bunch of complicated ideas. Um, so that's just one of the things, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a number of other things. But I think the my, I guess, message that I want to get across today is we shouldn't feel that it's somebody else's job to solve all the aspects of life, even the basic aspects of life. The basic aspects of life that we should have is physical security, um, whatever that means. Um, and that's really, and I guess freedom of speech, freedom of whatever, right? So basic bill of rights type thing. That's really it. And that's, that's what we pay taxes for. To, so the government provides those freedoms to us, but then it's up to us, not anybody else to make money for food, make, you know, education, healthcare and that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, or you can participate in like programs or like you have to work within the system that you live in. And the like the system that I live in is different than the system that you live in. And it's different than someone living in, I don't know, Mississippi. And I think it's okay to use all the resources that are available to you to try to make your life better. Like I live in New York and there's a lot of jobs in tech here. If I lived in Mississippi, there wouldn't be as many. And these are trade-offs. Like no one owes me a job. That's but true. I did go to a place where there's a there's like an abundance of work that I am looking for. But okay. if there's like a program that someone offers to, I don't know, look over my resume or help me get connected with local business owners or something, I don't think it's wrong. You're not really looking for a handout you're sort of you're looking for opportunities and if some of those opportunities are paid for by taxes or philanthropy or whatever it is i don't think it's wrong to like try to get your situation to be better but if it doesn't work out like obviously be prepared and own all the decisions that you make right 
So a good example I gave you before we started recording was, you know, PhD. I don't know if the percentage is the same. I imagine it is. But PhD degrees um, in the U.S., over 80% are awarded to, like, first generation. I don't think it's called first generation, but off-the-boat immigrants. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's very, um, I guess, reflective of the fact that when immigrants come to this country, and I speak from experience, we don't wait for a handout. We don't wait for somebody else to say, oh, you poor you, you know, here's, you know, a job and, and whatever. We usually fight for what we want. And I think that that's what, that's the reason that a lot of PhD programs and things like that are awarded to immigrants because we don't wait for somebody else to tell us, oh, you should be this, you should get this degree or should do that. We make our choices, we decide often, um, and we fight for what's important for us and we know exactly what's important for us. Um, and we don't wait for anyone to give us anything. And um, I think that that's kind of why why it's, it, it's this way in the U.S. Yeah, I mean... If you're in a situation where you are able to, you know, feel control over yourself and your situation, that's that's nice. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're all trying to try our best. Maybe I would say that at least for me, trying is not doing necessarily. Like when I say I'm going to do something, I'm not. I'm, I don't say I will try to do something. I say either I do it or I don't. That's yeah, a little confident for me. Like um, when I say I'm going to do something, I know that there's a million things that can go wrong. And well, we don't think about that. Me, yeah, like there's always trade-offs. There's always sort of gotchas with plans, <laughs> and I think that's also okay to expect that not everything will work out. But when you tell a person, you know, they give you a task to do. Mm-hmm. And you you tell them, oh, I'm going to try. To me, it's like either you do or you don't. Tell me whether you're going to do it or not. And if I tell a client that, you know, I'm going to get this done by Friday, I don't say I'm going to try to do this by Friday. I say I'm going to whether I'm going to do it or I'm going to do it by Monday. Mm-hmm. That's it. So it's, it's I think that mentality of also trying versus doing is kind of um, also part of the problem. <laughs> I think that's a communications issue. I think that's taking responsibility issue more than mm-hmm. anything else. Yep. Like, you know, some, somebody else will do it or, Oh, I forgot because I said, I'll try. So commitment to yourself and maybe to your own, I guess, quality of your not work, but let's say quality of um, whatever it is that you do and really commitment to other people and, and you, and I don't know, whatever is important. I think it's a commitment issue. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. All right, Eugene. Great talking to you. Yep. See you next week. Bye.